So what we've noticed is that uh, the prayer is addressed to the father. He's the father of this family, this new family that he has made by the sacrifice of Christ, reconciling us with people that used to be like foreigners to us and even enemies. Uh, now we're all together in one new family and reconciled to God all by the work of the cross. And so Paul is praying that we would be strengthened according to the riches of his glory, which means according to a source that has no end. And uh, we're going to be strengthened with power, some ability to do something or other. We're going to be, this is going to be communicated to us by his spirit. Uh, <clears throat> and then the last thing we want to notice about this uh, strengthening is that it's in the inner man. Uh, according to the riches of glo his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So this is, uh, this is not a, a physical strength. This is a strength of character or of spiritual fortitude. <laughs> I don't know how to say that exactly. But the... Uh, it's a, a lot of aspects. Yeah, it's a, it's, a aspects. it's an inner man strength. It's uh, yeah. Well, and it has purpose, and that's the next question we come to here. What is this strength for? What are you gonna? What is the thing you are going to be able to do? And it's really quite surprising to me <laughs> that having received this strength. Remember who we're talking about here. We're talking about people who are saved by grace through faith. These are people who have trusted Christ. They're part of this new man, this new family. Uh, they're already in the kingdom of God. But what is this strength for? Verse 17. So that, okay, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, I think Christ already dwells in the hearts of this group of people through faith. But apparently, this requires the strengthening ministry of the Spirit in us so that Christ will continue and maybe more so dwell in our hearts through faith. In other words, this is the strength to believe in Jesus. You need the strength because the enemy doesn't rest. Well, that's correct. And that's one of the reasons we need continuing strength, yes. And also the challenges of life don't stop just because you uh, trusted in Christ. And so uh, your situation in life might challenge your faith. Uh, I've, I've read, seen, watched recently, because we've been talking about Hebrews chapter 6, about people whose faith has sort of come apart because of the challenges of life or the difficulties of, of human suffering or the presence of evil or you name it. And uh, we face, we could read in James chapter 1, for example, uh, where, you know, we're exhorted to count it joy when we 
fall into various trials, tests. Well, tests of what? Well, they're tests of faith in James. Sorry? In your job, in your health, in your family, in Get your, it all over, yeah. everywhere. There's hard things happen. And for whatever reason, our temptation when hard things happen is to doubt the goodness that's, of God. That's been with the enemy and sure you know, and so we uh, that's why you need the strength yeah. so exactly. we need this strength this communicated to us by the spirit and the inner man what's it for that Christ may dwell continue to dwell in your heart through faith now the word dwell is I love this word it's the Greek word meno and it, it means to live someplace, to occupy a place, like a house. And so, uh, so Christ is pictured here as dwelling in our hearts. You know, this is one of the very few spots in the whole Bible where Christ is pictured as actually dwelling in our hearts. But uh, here, uh, what what we're strengthened for is to continue and grow in our trust in Christ. I think in the New Testament, this is always the point of growth. It's not, first of all, pictured as a growing in our righteous behavior, though that is one of the consequences of this. But it's always to grow in faith, to go deeper in our trust in Christ. One of the things I probably should notice here is that is not a natural ability. That as a human being operating independently, I don't do this. This is something that comes from God and is returned to God. I'm strengthened by the Spirit to trust in Christ. And this was true in the first place. I I was strengthened by the Spirit to trust in Christ that's how I got saved in the first place. And this is how I continue in the Christian walk uh, by operating in the strength of the Spirit to trust in Christ. And then that has a purpose. You ready? That uh, you, again, he says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And then he says, that we have a string of so that, so that, so that, <laughs> so that Christ will dwell in your hearts, so that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height, and depth to know the love of Christ. So being rooted and grounded in love you will come to know the love of Christ by being strengthened to trust in Christ. Uh, uh, It's interesting to me that comprehending the greatness of the love of Christ requires me to to be strong, to be strengthened by God himself to get it, to really get it about the love of Christ. It is a big, hard thing. It, is, it requires strength 
uh, so that we'll be able to really grasp the full scope of the love of Christ requires God to strengthen us with power in the inner man by his spirit. (coughs) Wow, okay. I tend to think it's easy to be loved. (laughs) And maybe it's easy to be loved, but it, it requires strength to really understand the depth of the love of Christ. Love is a powerful word. With all the saints, he says, he says that you, <laughs> that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. Oh, so this is not a project you want to engage in by yourself. But together, we are strong to comprehend the love of Christ. This is what we do in church every Sunday morning. We get together and we... We're strengthened. We, we hope to experience the consequence of this prayer to be strengthened in order to understand how great is the love of Christ for us. And uh, yeah, so that we do together. We also notice that it has breadth, length, height, and depth. Most things only have breadth, length, and height. And I think Paul's adding depth in order to to say something like, yeah, it's so big, you need more than three dimensions to measure it. Something like that. Uh, Or maybe he's referring to vertical, vertical thing and a horizontal thing, you know. So height and depth, breadth and length, you know. So... Here also we see pictured this idea of fellowship with God in fellowship with each other. Both because other. if you have the breadth, the length, and the height, that's the volume. If you right. add the depth, it's way what beyond is that? everything right. on earth. Right, it, and so it might right. mean that sort of it's beyond beyond, or uh, it might mean something like uh, it's deeper. where we have... Uh, Breadth and length is a horizontal reality, and height and depth is a vertical reality. But either way, uh, he says this about it, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Now that's an odd thing to say, isn't it? To know something that's beyond knowing. (laughs) In other words, as we exercise this strength to trust in God's goodness toward us in Christ and to know, appreciate, comprehend somehow, some way, more and more the love of Christ, that is a project that cannot be completed because it surpasses knowledge. It's something we know that surpasses knowledge, that's beyond knowing, that is, like we've already observed, this odd four dimensions or this vertical, horizontal, infinitude kind of thing, uh, it's beyond knowing. And so we can see, if I just try to figure out, if I start on the project of figuring out the love of God, I don't have 
sufficient resources. It's beyond me. It's beyond, I'm not strong enough. And if I, even to whatever degree I do understand it, I... You gotta feel it. I'm not strong enough for it. I need to be strengthened to receive this. And then he said, adds this, <clears throat> to know the love of God, Christ that surpasses knowledge, that, so again, we have a so that. So we're being strengthened so that we'll believe in Jesus. Christ will dwell in our hearts through faith. We're being, and Christ is dwelling in our hearts through faith so that we'll be able to comprehend the love of God for us in Christ, communicated to us by the Spirit, so that we may be, here it says, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now that is a something we really need the context to figure out. And so we have to look at verse 23 in chapter 1. Well, I'm going to start with verse 22. And he, that is God the Father, put all things under his, that is Christ's, put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. <clears throat> so what we have in mind here is the church, Christ being the head of the church. And then he says this odd thing, the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That's chapter 1, verse 23. Uh, what an amazing statement that is. The, the church here is actually called the fullness. <laughs> and then in this prayer, we're, this prayer concludes with that you may be filled with all the fullness. In chapter 4, in verse 10, we're trying to get an idea of what Paul means in Ephesians when he uses this word fullness. In verse 10 of chapter 4, he said, He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So here we have this filling in verse 13 of chapter 4. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So what Paul is using, this term Paul is using is applied to the church, to this new family, this household, this body of Christ, the one new man. And it's described in our growth together in the church as this end point to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that's exactly what he's praying for in chapter 3. This exact same thing. In verse chapter 5, verse 18. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So again, we have this concept of filling. Uh, something that's full, uh, if I pour enough coffee into this cup, it will get full so that only coffee is in this cup. 
it displaces everything else. And so the idea here is that we would be fully occupied by Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit together as one new man. Not just each of us, but all of us together, one body. And so uh, what the other thing I think you have here is this is described as the fullness of God. Well, I think what we're talking about when we're talking about Christ and what we're talking about in the new humanity of the church is we're talking about human beings and to, together as a community really completely bearing God's image. It's a, it's a full imaging of God. It's a way of describing spiritual maturity. It's complete conformity to Christ. So we come to actually make Christ visible in the world in this, uh, in this uh, picture of the body of Christ. And we come to experience our union with the body completely. That's the object of this prayer. So Paul's noticing that all of us Christians, we've been sort of thrown together into this new group of people, this people of God, the church, the body of Christ, the family of God, all those descriptions. And now we need to be strong to uh, grow deeper in our trust in Christ, to grow deeper in our understanding of the love of Christ for us, and in that way to begin to exhibit the character of Christ in the world together as one new man. And so this is the end that we be filled up to all the fullness of God. In other words, we're as a group, we're so occupied by Christ that in the world we look like Christ together as a group. Uh, and so this is this, this is a prayer, it's easy to just sort of read through it and not think too carefully about it, you know, isn't that nice? But this is a this is a big thing we're I'm talking about here. Sorry? So I'm going oh, and it's, oh, yeah, because you would certainly not want to claim that we're there already uh, in terms of filled with all the fullness of God. Actually, actually, to me, it seems <laughs> like it seems like we we also depend totally on God every day. Exactly. And, we do. and that's the object of this prayer. That's what it means to say that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And in that, you will come to understand more fully the love of God in Christ. And in that, you will come to be filled with all the fullness of God. So we have a question here, which is, can you strengthen yourself? Well, you might be able to strengthen yourself to, to uh, carry... With barbells. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this strength doesn't come from us. The source of this strength is not in us. It depends on what strength you're talking about. You Correct. Can However, I would say this, 
we can explore the love of Christ. Yeah. I have another so that, I mean, from myself, you know, so that, so like, like Christ died for us so that we must live for him. Well, and that's kind of the end here yeah, is, is that being filled to the fullness of God is in the you context of the book him. of... So, yeah, you have to in, really live for him. Well, I would say it like this, not you have to, but you will come to. Okay. In other words, <laughs> he's getting you there. Yeah, it's not, we don't, we don't come into that by the force of our own will, by our own uh, moral judgments or anything like that. This is the You want to get to make the first choice, if you want to get there, and then you'll have to go by the book, like, you know, that's it. Well, and what we're talking about here is, this is something God does. He does it in you, and that has a reflection in your life. So, what one of the things I, you know, we could we have an opportunity for is this whole idea of knowing the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. So, I I find that there is a thing maybe I can do in the context of this prayer. Well, the one thing, one main thing I can do is I can pray this prayer. That's it. I can look to God for this kind of strength. Uh, and the other thing, though, is the other thing I find myself doing here, Christ dwelling in my heart. Well, I don't do that. Christ does that. The Spirit strengthening me. Well, I don't do that. The Spirit does that. To be filled with the fullness of God. Well, I don't do that. God the Father in the Son by the Spirit does that. But here's one thing I'm doing in the... and Well, besides praying, is I'm knowing His love. And I'm, I'm trusting Him and knowing His love. And so I think uh, I can... I can explore the love of Christ. Uh, I'm reminded of John chapter 14 uh, John writes whoever has my commandments and keeps them he's the one who loves me and whoever loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him of course the love comes from God I reflect it in my obedience and I experience more of it in the process there's a there's a bit of a circle here, like an upward spiral. God loves me. I love God, so I know I'm going to obey God, and God responds to my love with a greater understanding of His love. And so I'm ever growing. This is a Jesus here is describing the exact same thing that Paul's describing about knowing the love of God that surpasses knowledge. Uh, in John chapter 13, Jesus says, this is John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples 
if you have love for one another. Now, I think when I read this, he calls this a new commandment. And I think, well, I read in the book of Deuteronomy, hundreds and hundreds of years before this, Moses told us to love our neighbors as ourselves. How's this new? What's new about this? Love one another. I've been commanded to love one another all going all the way back. So what is new? A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. That's new. That's new. <laughs> you are also... Th- so now we have this mirroring thing. So Jesus is saying, look, I've loved you. Now you try it. You express the love I've expressed to you. Do it the way I've done it for you. Follow me in expressing love to one another. And this is how everyone will know who you are. Because there's such a quality of love in the fellowship of the church and from the fellowship of the church to the world around us that we are identified. People experience the love of the church and they go, oh, this must be Jesus. So... Now, this is really just kind of a bonus at the end of this prayer as an encouragement to say, uh, explore the love of Christ by expressing it yourself. Explore it by doing it. Figure out how it works by trying it. Uh, And that's a way we can sort of participate in this work that God is doing. But remember... This is a prayer, not a commandment. That's very important. It's not a commandment. Be strong. There is a commandment to be strong, but this isn't it. It doesn't say, hey, you Christians, be strong in your faith and in your love and in your knowledge of God's love. No, he says, I'm asking God to strengthen you with power, according to his wealth of glory, by his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ will really occupy you entirely. As divine strength. And in that occupation of Christ, you'll be able to understand the love of God in Christ. And so you will come to be a humanity made in the image of God, experience being filled up to the fullness of God. This is something we look for from God, not something we develop in ourselves. We can, we, we obviously participate. <laughs> I mean, it involves us and we can explore the love of Christ by looking for opportunities to express the love of Christ. Uh, but mostly, this is something we pray for. Hmm. Okay, well, that's what I got. <laughs> Christian life, according to me, is a daily, it's a daily relationship with God's word, especially when you read what Christ Jesus has gone through for our sakes. Yeah, yeah. You feel you feel you you feel the pressure that hey, you ought to. If you really want to 
serve him, you have to obey what he gone through. I mean, respect what he gone through and, and be, uh, as they say, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, is like every day calling upon him to direct you how to respond, how to carry Yeah, and what we're learning in this text is the maybe in my mind the key ingredient of that is I always begin in relation to God as a receiver, as someone who gets something, not someone who brings something, but someone who receives something. And what we're talking about here in this prayer is I'm going to receive supernatural, spiritually communicated strength to trust in God. And then I'm going to perceive the depth of his love and of his sacrifice for my sake and for us. We always got to keep the church in mind here. And that will have the natural consequence of I exhibit the fullness of God in my life, in obedience or in service to others or in the expression of this love that I've received. So for me, one of the reasons for talking about these prayers is to keep noticing it all begins with us getting something. And most, all human religions begin with, what do you have for God? What do you bring to God that he should pay any attention to you? And in the true Christian, biblical Christian faith, it begins with what did Christ bring so you can come. <laughs> and so you begin. We, this is why the heart of Christian worship is to receive the communion. We don't, we don't bring anything to that table. We just come and get it. It's prepared and served. And so we don't serve Christ until he serves us. When we appreciate his service, when we know his love, when we're strengthened in this way, then, well, you can't help yourself. You, you love to serve the one who loved you so well. Uh, so, yeah. Well, we need to pray for strength so that we'll get it. <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, let me pray for us. Father, thanks. Thank you. It's about all we can say, Lord, that you have provided for us in so many ways in Christ and you have given us your spirit. Lord, we do pray for this strength that day by day we will walk trusting in your goodness in Christ, that we would really appreciate and know, really comprehend more and more the greatness of your love toward us that we would begin to reflect that to the people around us. We're such beginners in all of this, Lord. We, we really ask for your strength in these ways. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.